The latest quarterly shows you got 3.3 billion in cash and I want to specifically hone in on how you're going to reinvest that. So I've always been taught you should invest counter-cyclically. How do you guys think about investing in a market where there's a potential structural change? This is a good question. We're early into this uh, cycle of, of strong proceeds in, into the companies. Then the question becomes, well, well, where do those proceeds go? G'day money miners. Friday, 4th of August. Trav, how you going? <laughs> well done, mate. You're a bit too squawky for Maddie. I think you're, uh, you got, you got to get the lows, not the highs. I'm still working voice. on it. I'm still working on it. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Trav, we've got a pretty exciting show in store for the money miners. Do you uh, want to give them a bit of a run through? We do indeed. Uh, we, mate, we went to Pilgangura yesterday. We sure did. We even nabbed some time with Pilgrim Minerals CEO, Dale Henderson. Mr. Lithium. Australia himself, the lithium king of Australia at the moment. Yeah, he sure is with the $3.3 billion on the balance sheet, about a $15 billion company now. Things are going quite well for them. And it's a pretty good day. Big, hot, but learnt plenty along the way. What did you make of it we all? We absolutely did. We'll, um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. We've got to tease it, mate. We've got to tease it because other than that, we've, uh, we've also got – We've got to talk about today Trav's top tweets. That's to come we after, do. The, after the Pilbara chat. We do. And I think we've got to let the money miners know what our plans are for diggers and dealers in case they don't already know. Absolutely. I'm and heading there this afternoon, mate, off to Kalgoorlie. You're heading, you and Maddie are heading up on Sunday. You couldn't wait till, till Sunday, mate. You're just too <laughs> eager to get there. I'm so excited. So the money miners might have noticed that Maddie Michael is off the desk today. He's He's got some BD to attend to. He's doing the hard yards for the business. <laughs> Playing golf, So I think. it's Trav and I. <laughs> and yeah, diggers. So we'll be set up at Debanali's. We'll be there during the day, Monday, Tuesday, See how we go Wednesday. Potentially Wednesday. Not sure yet. Not sure. But definitely Monday, Tuesday. Yep. Business hours will be there. Our cameras will be on. Microphones will be there. Come join us. Have a coffee. Have a beer with us. Dibanali's is a um, family-friendly pub, cafe, bar kind of vibe in Kalgoorlie on the on the main street, Hannon Street there. Come say good day to us. That's it. Keen to hear what the word on the decline is. Yes, that's what we want to know. You better bring some word on the decline if you're going to have a beer <laughs> with us. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll end up drunk and knowing no, no information at all. So That's it. That. <laughs> Trav, we've got a couple of people to thank for today's episode. We do indeed. We've got a new uh, new partner. So pretty excited <laughs> about this one. Uh, today's episode is, uh, is, is brought to you by JP Search. Now, these guys are Xavier and Michael. They run JP Search and it's... Um, they're, they're, they're recruiters, right? And they've sort of carved out a niche in a very specific space of the recruiting space. They service, you know, investment banks, funds, um, family offices, management consultants, like corporates, the sort of world that um, uh, that serviced me back when I was uh, a banker. And and I know they've got a few interesting mandates at the moment, mate. If I was um, if I was still in finance and and I'm keen for another job and not having a crack at at, uh, at Money Mind Podcast, I'd be talking to Xavier and Michael because they've got a few interesting mandates which you won't find out about until you call them. Awesome. Thanks, Xavier and Michael, for supporting the show. Legends. All righty. What did you make of the Pilgangura site visit, Trav? Ah, oh, this was good, right? It was pretty awesome. So we got, we, we got an, an invite to go along. It was a charter flight of 60 people, we were told. So it was a Fokker 100, uh, you know, Qantas flight, a bunch of research analysts, a bunch of fundies. Um, and we got to go there, see what's happening at Pilgangora. I think we should also mention to the, to the more junior money miners out there what this is all about. So a lot of the developers and the producing mining companies in and around diggers will set up analyst trips. They'll get, you know, investors and research analysts from investment banks up to site, you know, show them how everything's going. You 
get a bit of FaceTime with the CEO and those sorts of things and really get a bit more of a, a real world perspective to the company, right? Absolutely. And you see, you see a lot of these around diggers because it's a, an opportunity for um, yeah, the, the companies to, to take a lot of the East Coast people who find themselves in WA at this time of year, take them, take them to the mine that's in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the good part of Australia, WA. That's it. And from my perspective, I mean, we, we met heaps of people along the way. We so, did. We did. It was so good to put some, um, some faces to the names in the sense of like where you read a lot of broker reports out there. And uh, it was pretty interesting to like broker reports, you read their work and also you dial into um, these analyst calls sometimes and you hear them ask questions to the MDs. But you don't have any idea what they look like. Or at least I didn't have much idea what these, these people look like. So it was actually a really cool experience to meet these people. Uh, what did you think of that? Oh, completely agreed, mate. Yeah. So I'm not sure how many of them want to shout out, but we'll, we'll rattle off a few names. Yeah, yeah mate, I met, met, um, met Timothy Hoff at, at Canaccord, Levi Sprite, UBS. Yeah. Richard uh, Knights at Baron Joey. Yeah, George Ross at Argonaut, old colleague of ours. It was good to have a, have a chat with these research analysts. Right? And there's a bunch of others out there. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple of fundies too. Fundies, maybe yeah. even less eager to get a shout out. So <laughs> maybe we'll keep quiet on them. But yeah, there were a few fundies there. Obviously, yeah. Pilbara is a, a pretty big name and the company that's done super well. So it attracts some some investors naturally. Yeah. And what about takeaways about the operation itself, JD, Pilbara Angora? I had a few. So, so first up, the whole trip was well run. And I think that just reflects well on the company itself. You know, everything ran smoothly so they can give themselves a bit of a, a pat on the back for that. My second key takeaway was that having, you know, been spoken to by Dale and the likes at the company, you know, GMs of, of the actual operations up there that doing this, you know, lithium processing is very different on a theoretical sort of level to enacting it in, in the real world, right? And they're doing it on a big scale. They're trying to get that P1000 up and running in within the next couple of years. And that means they're going to be producing 1 million tonnes per annum of spodumene concentrate. So it's a lot of processing that, that needs to be done, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that was pretty similar to, to my takeaway. I was just hearing the story of um, what commissioning looked like a little bit. It it took them 18 months to, you know, really um, really refine and optimize the process once material was going through the plant there. Um, and it, it, it sounds a lot like that that intellectual learning that, um, that they had there is, you know, that's something they're going to replicate as they grow. But it also sounds like... Um, a lot of a lot of learning that was done because they were early to to this game, and and it would be curious to see how um, you know the developers that are coming online at the moment, if if they can learn faster than Pilbara learn, or if they'll have you know similar um, similar challenges that they have to internally learn themselves. Agreed. It will take a long time to get that commissioning right. I mean, it just wasn't that long ago that this was a very different looking company. Just mid mid twenty twenty. Lithium prices were just a fraction of what they now are. This was pre them wrapping up Altura, the you know the processing and deposit plant, just to the to the south of them. So things were looking very different just three years ago. So the growth has been phenomenal, and mm-hmm. it, and it's good to see the company remind themselves of the the lessons learned. So hoping that nothing's been forgotten from the the harder days. You mentioned um, Altura there, and that was my other big 
takeaway about the Pilbara is just how much unnecessary duplication there is. So Pilbara, they have uh, two processing plants for, for those that aren't acquainted with the operation. And the second one, it was picked up because, you know, what was Altura was Pilbara, but I didn't properly appreciate that these are literally right next door to each other. It's yeah. sort of like, um, like right there. It's, yeah, it's, check it out on Google Maps. It's, it's, it's quite hilarious. And the reason duplication was a bit of a theme is because on the bus from the airport to site, um, the bus drove over these uh, train tracks twice, two sets of train tracks. And JD goes, did you did you notice that, mate? They had to build two sets of train tracks because um, people couldn't agree to share the same in- infrastructure in the iron yeah. ore. This is capitalism, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Another takeaway, mate, is I would not want to be there in January. It was, you know, coming from 10 degrees in the morning, leaving Perth. And I don't know how hot it was, but it was, it was pretty warm, right? So, you know, credit to the people working up there. It's it's not the easiest place to no, go and work. So it wouldn't be the easiest place, but they it certainly at least came across in the trip that we had that they have uh, people who absolutely enjoy working there nonetheless. Couldn't agree more. I reckon we rip the episode and give the money miners the interview with Dale Henderson, CEO of Pilgrim Minerals. Let's rip it, mate. <laughs> G'day, money miners. We're live from bloody Pilgrim Gora. We find, look at the high-vis boys. Have a look at it. Unbelievable, Sensational. mate. Sensational. And we're with the top dog himself. And we appreciate the invite, mate. Dale Anderson, welcome to your own site. Yes. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for having us, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks for welcoming me. Well, we're live from the dry mess. Now, just a special crest for me for next time. Can we do it live from the wet mess with a couple of schooners possibly? Yeah, yeah. next you... time we'll arrange that. No problem. <laughs> mate, we've, uh, we've just had a tour through the, the, the crush and the, the mill circuit and everything. Essentially, the whole Pilgangora processing plant, I guess, what I want to ask you and my takeaway from it is how this is designed, the, the capex that's gone into it for extra security to ensure that recovery with the, especially your tantalum circuit, your flotation circuit compared to other companies that are going down the DMS only route. Is that a big driver of the Pilbara Minerals success that you're seeing? Yeah, the short answer is yes. Yeah, I think at the, at the end of the day, we're in the business of concentrating lithium and, and maximising the value out of the resource. And to achieve that aim, you need a capable processing plant with more levers to extract all of those 0.1% lithium improvements. You need a lot of other things as well, by the way, but um, a capable plant with, uh, with more processing flexibility, more whistles and bells, and most importantly, a team who's got the skill sets in this area that's what you need to maximise recovery from an ore body. And yeah, I, I like you. I like your theory with the upgrade uh, to the P1000. It really resonates with my underground mining methodology. Let's find what's worked already, and we're copying it and chucking it over there. Simple as that. That's it. <laughs> That's Copy. pretty much it. Like software, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, but I think what's what's behind that is a long history of learning and, and, and optimising our, our base operation. You know, we've had essentially five years of operation now, and, and during those five years, there's been a lot of evolution um, and improvement in the understanding of your body, the processing plant, and augmenting our processing plant. And through all of those learnings, there's a, a recipe, if you will, has been honed, and the recipe's great. So we're copy-pasting the recipe. We're bringing on a few new whistles and bells, which we know will be accretive as part of the upcoming expansions. and. I'm looking forward to seeing those results in due course. 
Dale, I want to ask you about that. These are the good questions coming up, mate. I'm just letting you know. I want to ask you about the the balance sheet now. So the latest quarterly shows you got 3.3 billion in cash, and I want to specifically hone in on how you're going to reinvest that. So something I've always been taught is in the commodity world, you should invest countercyclically. How do you guys think about investing in a market where there's a potential structural change for the commodity? Yeah. This is a good question. Um, One think, of the dumb mining <laughs> ones, mate. <laughs> I think the, the place to start with um, capital management is, yeah, we're, we're really into this uh, cycle of, of strong proceeds in, into the company. So our first capital management plan only came out um, December quarter last year. So the ink is, is barely dried on it. Um, but importantly, since that time, quarter after quarter, really healthy returns and all going well, that's set to continue. So then the question becomes, well, well where do those proceeds go? And, and what we've been guiding around that is, is revisiting any capital management decisions later this calendar year. And at that time, we'll, we'll, if, if there's to be a change, we'll, we'll, we'll speak to that then. Uh, to your query on investment in the industry and being counter-cyclic, it's an interesting space for in. What, what we're seeing is a, a debate raging around where does the lithium industry head from here? Uh, September quarter, December quarter, everyone was saying, wow, this is incredible, uh, record prices. March quarter came, pricing fell significantly and everyone said the world is over. Uh, June quarter, it's now leveled. And again, the question continues, well, what does the outlook look like? Well, for us, we're, we're strong believers in the long-term outlook. We think there is a structural deficit between supply and demand. We think, however, there's probably going to be volatility. We think that because that's what we've experienced in the past. And if there's volatility, well, that could present some great opportunities. And Pilbara, well, we'd like to be ready um, um, if that presents itself. That's interesting to hear. It's, it's almost like the retaining the cash is a, a view on preservation of optionality when it comes to deploying it. And that's, you know, not, not to speak. Um, I mean, you've got other growth, growth options, which you're, which you're developing as well, right? All of these, um, the, the, the downstream um, partnering process, there's the JV with POSCO, the P680, uh, yes. the P, P1000, there's so many growth opportunities, um, which we've heard all about. I think, you know, the, in, the, in the fourth pillar of your um, potential capital allocation is the evaluation of inorganic growth opportunities and I'm kind of curious to understand if when you look out at the landscape is there any value out there in the inorganic growth opportunity space right now is it the last bit for the reason <laughs> of those venture things um, least attention yeah I think the the, the key parameter everyone uh, worries about is what's the long run pricing and where does that where does that head for the industry um, your view on that materially alters the view of what, is, what does value look like today across the board. Uh, so that's a key, key consideration we, we think about. The other uh, key consideration uh, we think about is, is the value Pilbara brings to the table in terms of our know-how. Um, that could have a material swing on what's possible with an asset. So those would be um, two key parameters. But I'd, I'd have to stress, um, as you noted, this is plank four of our strategy. We're in, no, we're in no hurry 
as it relates to inorganic growth. We've got a full plate of organic growth. Come on, Dale, you are, you've answered it like a true, true MD. I you know, <laughs> ask you if there's any value out there and you tell me the factors that affect it rather than, than yes or no. Um, but I'm, I'm particularly curious because um, good old John Stanning, my old boss, uh, who's done plenty of lithium deals out there. I trust he'd be able to execute them if there were any opportunities out there. Is, yeah. that, is that why you hired Stano? Shout out, Stano. Uh, Stano's um, busy, <laughs> as he should be. Um, yeah, the question of what, what does value look like? You've got to get into project specifics to give to give that a, a fair answer, and I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to um, do that. <laughs> yeah. is, there, is there anything? Or before you ask your final one, is there anything wrong with just the business model? You've got a four, you've got a forty-year mine life investing organically at Pilbara Minerals. Everyone thinks you have to spend this capital elsewhere. Is there any is a solid model just being a high dividend paying stock? It, it could well be, and and there's this point you raise is not lost on us. Our, of course, our priority one is thinking through what's the right decision for our shareholders in service of our vision, and and that's what we continue continually ask ourselves as we think about our growth plans and what's the the right next step. For Pilbara, it's been this incredible growth journey. Uh, it's not often you get a company like ours founded by a couple of geos who, you know, and here we are, ASX 50, the largest growth stock in the ASX 50 this last year, like just incredible, founded by a few geos. So with a lot of pride and caution, uh, we think, think about where we take the future of the company. Dale, I've got one more. I want to ask about business defensibility. So, you know, Warren Buffett classically always looks for businesses with moats. And when I think of commodity businesses, you just think of your moat really as being lower on the cost curve than the majority of other producers and that provides the defensibility. Do you, having gone through the, the site today, look at things like the processing plant and the sort of IP that you guys have developed, as well as potential things like tech advancements with yesterday's midstream announcement as potential, like potentially building that moat for the business and is it something the market perhaps underweights? Yeah, in terms of building the moat, um, being a, a low cost producer is has always been a key, key objective and, and it's the best defense for uh, commodity cycles, which obviously um, occur from time to time. And, and Pilbara bore that um, period and, and, and the last sort of lithium downturn. So it's, that experience is not lost on us. We've continued to pursue initiatives um, to drive costs down and, and, and we'll continue to pursue that. So the recovery uplift uh, tech that we're pursuing, that all speaks to uh, reduce costs ultimately on a, on a unit basis. And we should be positioned to, to weather all those storms and enjoy a larger margin um, in the future. Um, is, is the market uh, valuing it? Uh, of course, I would say no. I think we're cheap. Of course, I'd say that. But um, but I put that put the share price to the side. What we're focused on is is making the right investments to further improve the company. And I think we've got a, a good a good lead on on many of the competitors. One more for me, Dale. And it's just in relation to um, you know, I, I look at the criteria you lay out in the the partnering process you're undertaking right now, this downstream partnering process. And I think the one that I'm most curious about is uh, the alignment to government support. Um, you know, a huge sort of wave impacting commodity spaces right now is is the impact that the IRA and similar policies elsewhere yeah. are having. Do you, how thoughtful are you about choosing a partner, um, you know, that, that is ultimately going to ensure there is, there is you know, IRA compliance involved, i.e., 
you know, is it an absolute line through partnering with um, you know, a Chinese downstream partner? At, at this stage, uh, we're open to all all options. Um, Loves answering a question without answering it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just knew you were anticipating what I was going to say. Um, but we are we are early in the process. We are, um, yeah. We wouldn't we wouldn't want to rule out anything at this stage. Um, but to to the point on government subsidies and understanding to the extent that we can realize that value it, it's not easy to make that determination right now in the case of uh, the IRA there's still a lot of clarification required and and what we see and hear is it looks like there'll be continued evolution uh, on that and you know we hear about different jurisdictions which may or may not come into that or not so we're alive to that and we're also obviously alive to other governments whom seem to be waking up and thinking about more support. So we're very conscious of those. And I'd probably just also add that this, this, these types of deals uh, we're looking at and the, the likes of what we did with POSCO, they're a multi-decade commitment and we've only got so much ore in the ground. So we've got to get that decision right. And if that means we take a little bit more time to think this through, then, then so be it. We need to make sure that those investment decisions really count. And before Maddie rounds it out, I'm just curious to know, since um, Sano started in the office, have you noticed the hand sanitizer and Glen 20 <laughs> runs out about four times faster than it used to? <laughs> it's funny you mention that. <laughs> I, have, I have had to pick up uh, Stano's uh, little, a little uh, hand sanitizer bottle. very bottles. COVID friendly, your yeah. work lights up. He's, um, he's very disciplined on that front and, and good on him. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Vaughny, thanks for setting this up, mate. Vaughny from Five Mark. Mate, we'll send you the invoice for that plug. People <laughs> pay a couple of, couple of grand for that these days. Mate, uh, Dale, thank you very much for having thanks, us, mate. Cheers. We re appreciate really that. appreciate the Thanks for your time, Dan. Cheers. And uh, especially thanks the special one-on-one -on -one time, mate. So, yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, no. anytime you want us up here, just let us know. <laughs> I'll come up by myself if I need to. You're so. welcome. Anytime. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Cheers, Dale. Thanks. Thanks. Hitteroo. All right, Trav. Top tweets. What have you got this week? Oh, Trav's top tweets. Oh, we're gonna play the we're gonna play the music, don't I? Because Maddie loves this one. Do it. Trav's top <laughs> tweets. <laughs> oh, mate, it gets uh gets better every single time. Even when Maddie Michael's not here, we still got his beautiful voice in our ears. Uh, <laughs> very exciting. All right, take us from the top. All Number right, four. Mate, Trav's top tweets. Are we ready? Number four top tweet of the week goes to Jordan. Twitter handle at. Geolo Geo Geologo underscore trader. Uh, Jordan, he shares some insight on what he reckons makes a good geologist. For uh, all of the punters out there, Jordan, he says, geologist is a funny profession. Glorified are the ones that know everything about the science. The trade-off is they usually know little about the dollars and people management. The best ones for a company are the all-rounders. Very hard to come by. I, I agree, Jordan, um, but I think there's one more criteria that I really look for in a, in a geo and I love it. Um, it's, and it's, uh, a, I look for a geo that is naturally cynical, one that looks at everything with questioning eyes because when you think about it, the career prospects for a pessimistic geologist are just awful. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need to be an optimist as a geologist. You need to be promotional. You need to sell the story. Um, that's how capital markets follow you. Because we're humans, right? And it's the cynical ones that I love because they're going against the grain um, of what, what it's going to take for their careers to really progress. And, and I think when you pay attention to the cynical geologists, 
that's where you get a bit more signal than noise. That one really speaks to you, hey? <laughs> it does. It does. I love the synths. The synths. Alrighty. Number three. Number three. Top tweet goes to a first time ranker. It's our favourite Canadian wannabe Australian that speaks in third person and lives in a eucalyptus tree. The koala. Twitter handle at Yellow Lab Life. You'll see the koala's very temperamentally grounded tweet that came post the Albemarle investment into payment. He tags us and he says, sorry, at money of mine pod at Outside Capital and any other PMET uh, bears slash skeptics or actual shorts. Anyone want to talk about the fucking lake, time, value of money or cross sections now? The koala is all ears. <laughs> mm. Well, koala, I don't really want to talk about any of those things anymore. No. Uh, let the market and Albemarle be the determinant of value for what looks to be a huge and exciting lithium discovery. Uh, with cross sections out and a vote of confidence from a major, there is no denying that the investment proposition is more de-risked now than a week ago. And JD, if the koala can see that our objective in our coverage of PMET was to simply highlight the risks that we saw hunters overlooking we welcome you on our show <laughs> number two top tweet of the week this one goes to mondi not his first time ranking jd um he's been on the podium a few times and i think he's a pretty clever guy so mondi at mondi invest on twitter he says never before have so many been so bullish and yet been completely rogered by so few hashtag copper and he also tags 29 metals astral aries code of minerals and cyprium in their respective handles on Twitter. I think Mondi really aptly taps into the disappointment we have had in the copper names on the ASX, JD. You know, the, the investable universe doesn't feature the same quality that we see in the North American exchanges. We've talked about that numerous times with various guests. Yeah, that list of companies doesn't scream quality, does it? It doesn't, unfortunately. Uh, and And... You know, it's it's the, the companies that he lists there. They've been hit pretty hard, right? Their their investors must at some point though were probably persuaded by the the thesis that you hear thrown around a lot. There's not many copper names on the ASX. That money's got to flow somewhere. So invest in us or invest in this company, right? Um, but you look at those ones that he's listed: twenty nine metals down seventy five percent from their high astral, down seventy percent from their high Aries, down seventy two percent. Coda down eighty five percent. Cyprium potentially down 100%. I mean, they've been suspended from quotation since February. It might come back on the boards, but it looks ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't It doesn't bode well, does it? Can we get some good copper names on the ASX, mate? Mate, <laughs> Metals Acquisition Corp is listing soon. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number Alrighty. one, top tweet of the week. Number one, what do you got? All right, this one goes to our um, – sorry, this one goes to a reply to another tweet. And, and the winner happens to be an ASX company MD. So let me just set the context for you. The head tweet um, before the comment is from Spodjamine Hunter at Spodjamine Hunter, who funnily enough, similar to the koala, felt the need to call me out in a PMET tweet on Tuesday. Another friend of the show. <laughs> well, yeah, might, we actually might be friends now because uh, yesterday he tagged me in a tweet all about my favorite kind of stuff, red flags. And I think he was just notifying me to, to kindly let me know rather than to um, publicly shame me this time. So appreciate that one, Spodjamine Hunter. Uh, it, uh, however, you're not the winner of the top tweet. It instead goes to um, uh, someone else. But I'll read out your tweet first, Spot Hunter. He says, does anything scream more red flag than putting a photo out in a shareholder update with a bloke in a desert in desert camo pants and an AK-47 overseeing the drill out of lithium bearing pegmatites? At Trav Money of Mine, hashtag Africa, hashtag Sovereign Risk, hashtag AK-47. <laughs> How would you describe this photo, JD? 
Oh. <laughs> sort of speaks for itself. Drill rig in the middle. Back to the to the camera. AK forty seven slung on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it, it might be a bit tougher to attract <laughs> oh. some workers there, right? Oh, I don't know. Everything's got a price. Um, well, I, but yeah. So I, I look at this and I thought that was pretty funny. Thanks, thanks, Bot Hunter. But I went to the comment section, and this is the winner of the top tweet of the week. It goes to Alex Rivera with this three letter reply. He he responds TIA, which of course stands for This Is Africa. But it's the picture in his tweet that cracks me up. And audio listeners, I really apologise that you won't be able to appreciate. Um, this worthy winner because I simply cannot describe this picture in a way that does it justice. But if I tried to, just imagine seven people sitting around what looks like a school bench in Africa. In the middle is Alex Rivera dressed in a black suit, black tie, shiny black shoes. Honestly, like it looks like he's um, he's about to spread the good word, uh, door knocking as a Jehovah's Witness. That's, that's almost what it looks like, right? And either <laughs> side of Alex, what do you see? You see um, th- on each side, there's three separate, you know, African military people. And the, the, the body language is so casual. They're just relaxed, they're chilled. Um, so chilled, in fact, that the person sitting directly next to him has an AK-47 just resting on the lap. And there's Alex sitting in the middle, grinning, chin um, like just grinning, like smiling so hard. It looks hilarious. I think it's an awesome photo. Uh, TIA indeed, Alex. I hope you stick to Menzies from now on, mate. Well done. <laughs> Good stuff, Trav. Oh, that's a wrap, mate. So thanks again to all of our brilliant partners that we've got. We've got uh, Anytime Exploration, Terra Capital and JP Search. Thanks for your support. And we look forward to seeing uh, seeing all the money miners that are in Kalgoorlie. At Diggers, come along to Debo's. We'll be there. We sure do, mate. Hooteroo. Hooteroo. The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.